Top of the morning to you and welcome to our newest episode of Capital Markets Quickie from MVP Mind Value Partners. The U.S. stock market declined for the second straight week in a row as technology stocks experienced their worst pullback since March. There was, however, no single catalyst for the move lower, which left the Nasdaq about 10% below its all-time high from September the 2nd. My name is Endrit Sella, coming at you from Frankfurt, Germany, Europe's financial hub and home to the ECB. Let's take a closer look at what's been moving the markets last week. The markets were yet again very volatile this week, but it wasn't bad news for all markets around the world. There was a big gap, however, between the U.S. and the European stock market this week. The U.S. stock market had a pretty negative week with the Nasdaq leading the way at minus 4.6%, followed by the S&P 500 with minus 2.51% and the Dow Jones at minus 1.66%. So all across the board, the U.S. stock market was rather negative. The European markets, on the other hand, had a surprisingly good week with the FTSE 100, which is the leading stock market index of the United Kingdom, leading the way with 4.02%, followed by the German stock market index, DAX 30, with 2.80%, and last but not least, the Euro stocks 50, with 1.69%. Now I know what you're thinking. There is a clear shift from overpriced U.S. stocks to cheaper European stocks. Well, yes, that does seem to be the case. But looking at this from a historical perspective, it comes as no surprise and we should expect the markets to remain volatile in the upcoming weeks. And here's an interesting piece of statistic since we all love and base our lives on statistics. Well, since 1928, most election years proved to be rather difficult for the S&P 500 in the month of September and 2020 seems to be no exception thus far. And besides the fact that it is an election year and Donald Trump seems to be gaining more and more approval, especially after being nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize twice, we also have other problems on the stock market, such as valuation concerns, for example. After all, markets were already overpriced in 2019, and this year they, with the exception of the Dow Jones, reached new highs in the midst of a failing economy, social unrest, and a pandemic that is still lingering around. On top of that, Skepticism is growing about whether U.S. Congress will reach a compromise on a new coronavirus stimulus package before the U.S. elections in November. And last but certainly not least, the slowing progress in the U.S. labor market has certainly contributed to the negative sentiment since the start of September. We did, however, see a similar gap on the commodity market as well. Gold and silver only changed marginally on the week, but crude oil, on the other hand, came under enormous pressure for the second week in a row and closed the week 6.42% lower. Is this an opportunity for investors or is it better not to catch a falling knife? Well, I think we all know the answer to that. Well, there are many factors that play a major role in the price of crude oil and ultimately we should be asking ourselves two questions. Question one. Will OPEC continue its output at this pace? So what we're really asking is whether the supply of crude oil will remain this high. And secondly, 
Is the demand for crude oil going to remain low due to further lockdown measures in some of the world's biggest oil demanding nations? So ultimately, it comes down to understanding the dynamics of supply and demand on the market. I guess that's really what it always comes down to, supply and demand. Now let's move on to good old Europe. And let's take a closer look at the newest historic GDP numbers that came out this week. The Eurozone, which is made up of 19 member states that all use the Euro as their main currency, had by far its sharpest decline of gross domestic product on record. The second quarter of 2020, starting from April till the end of June, was all about lockdowns, lockdowns, and even more lockdowns. The only thing people were really spending their money on was toilet paper and Netflix. Okay, jokes aside, the second quarter of 2020 shrank by 12.1% and the biggest losers were number one, Spain with minus 18.5%, Portugal with minus 14.1%, and France with minus 13%. Germany's GDP also dropped, but not as sharp as the other countries. Germany's GDP only dropped by 10.1% in the second quarter. What is also very interesting is the second quarter employment data for the Eurozone. The decline in employment was just minus 2.9% and that is due to the large amount of workers on short-time work schemes, meaning that people are kept on payrolls subsidized by the European government. Another interesting piece of news came from the European Central Bank this Thursday. Madame Lagarde emphasized that the ECB will not be taking any new measures, seeing that the current programs in place are working just fine. For example, only 500 billion euros of its 1.35 trillion PEPP pandemic emergency purchase program have even been used. And the long-term inflation target of just under 2% is also a long way off. The Federal Reserve Bank, on the other hand, has already announced some changes to its strategy and everyone is eagerly awaiting next week's statements. One part of the new strategy is the Fed's willingness to tolerate inflation rates above 2%. And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes today's Capital Market Squeaky. To all of you listening from every corner of the globe, I wish you all the best and stay tuned for our next episode on Sunday, September the 20th. Oh, 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 oh,